You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please be seated. And uh, what a privilege to be here. Thanks, Johnny. Who knows Johnny? Come on, give it up for Johnny. Um, in the Green Tribe, which is great. Um, and I thought there was maybe going to be a basketball game at some point. But anyway, um, but thanks so much for having me. And it is an honor, privilege, um, and was just in Mackay, and uh, Brisbane's way better, um, but great to be here. And I want, really want to honor Pastor John and Francine. Um, can we give it up for them? Just getting to know Pastor John, but I do know this, is that um, all of this doesn't just happen. And, um, and what, what we are experiencing and enjoying, actually, somebody has paid a price for, uh, and somebody has done a lot of prayer for and has served Jesus faithfully for many years. So we never want to take it for granted. And I would never take this opportunity for granted. But we're grateful for heroes in the faith like Pastor John and Pastor Francine. Can you give it up for them one more time? We're thankful. <laughs> Investing in the, the teenagers, the next generation. We're grateful, sir. So thank you. And uh, if you are here for your first time, huge welcome. So glad you came. And uh, we'll, we'll get to know each other uh, in a little bit. But um, I'm married to a beautiful woman. Um, her name is Jessen, uh, which is Scandinavian, um, the name Jessen. She's not. Um, she's half New Zealander, half Italian. Anyone here from New Zealand? Okay, two people. So good. We'll pray for you at the end. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Anyone here from Italy? Okay, nobody. So, um, but she is half New Zealand, half Italian. Her last name was... Pipicello, which is nice. Isn't that cute? She's like a short, cute Italian, you know, but her, her last name was Pipicello. We're now married, um, so like she has my last name now because that's what happens. But prior to that, Pipicello, which means little chili in Italian. And they're the hottest, I'm just saying. They are definitely the hottest. I, I don't think anybody got that, but anyway. Um, yeah. Woo, good on you, mate. All right. But it is so good to be here. So excited for youth camp. We're going to have the best week. I did want to, um, I did want to say this, that uh, we, are, we are grateful for buildings, right? Like, like how good to have a building that we meet in. Um, buildings house moments that are amazing. Moments in God's presence, moments uh, where you may be here for the first time and, and you're kind of working out who God is and what church is and Maybe, maybe you've been to church before and uh, you're coming into a new environment. This building houses moments that are amazing. Um, but a building houses moments, but a body is made for movement. And the Bible doesn't say that we are the building of Christ. It says that we are the body of Christ. And a healthy body is active. Uh, and so as, as believers, as whether we are or not, but as you get to know God and as you come into these moments, my prayer is that it would translate into movement, that we want to be Christians on Sunday and receive it and then leave it, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even Thursday, Friday, and yes, Saturday, we would be the church, the body of Christ. And I'm believing for in our nation that we're going to see a revival, where we're going to see our nation on fire. 
I'm believing that we're going to see our, our nation return to its original identity, which is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Our new prime minister just said that the other day, and I believe it. I do. I believe it's a new day. I believe God is doing new things. I believe in this church, God wants to do a new thing. God's kind of crazy like that. Like he's always doing new stuff. Everyone's like, chill out, God. You know, like he, he, he had the Old Testament, and that was good, but he got bored with it. So he got the New Testament. He says, sing a new song. The old song is old. You know, sing a new one. God's always doing something new. He's always taking us into new things. And I believe in Jesus' name that God in your life tonight and from here wants to do a new thing. In Ipswich, God wants to do a new thing. In your family, God wants to do a new thing. In your children's lives, God wants to do a new thing. In your marriage, God wants to do a new thing. In your workplace, God wants to do a new thing. And I'm passionate about it. I'm, I'm psyched up about it. And I, I believe it because I do believe we're going to see a teenage revival across our nation and a, a, uh, a revival of all people in a great new way. I want to talk to you um, from the book of Mark. Any Marks in here? Okay. All right. Not all at once. Yes. Hello, Mark. Good to see you. Uh, give it up for Mark. Yeah. We love you, Mark. This is your book. Um, and we're going to read from it, Mark chapter 2, and we're going to get at it. Verse 1, we're going to read through a couple of verses. It says this, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man, the mat man, was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves as they do, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking. That's scary, in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat. Take your mat. Take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Thank you, Jesus. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Let's pray, and then we'll preach. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you're here. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in this room. God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord God, that wherever we are at, no matter our past, no matter our background, Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you, God, that this is not about how we can get to you, but this is about how you came to us. We pray, Lord God, that you would 
you would stir our hearts in a new way, in a fresh way. I pray, God, you would release healing into people's bodies right now. I pray, God, you would release healing into minds and hearts right now. I thank you, Lord God, that that lower back, somebody with a lower back injury, God is healing you. God wants to heal that lower back. I believe for that spine that is twisted, is being healed right now in Jesus' name. Scoliosis leaving the body right now in Jesus' name. I think of that blocked ear infection in the left ear being healed right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you're real. You're here. You're not far off. You're not distant, but you're close and near and an ever-present help in Jesus' mighty name. And they all said, amen. Isn't it good to pray? We could just pray and we're done, you know. But we won't. We won't do that. Uh, we will preach. Jesus is in this building from this story, and he, he, he arrives to this building, and there is a large crowd, um, which is amazing. There is, there is people everywhere, and they are queuing up to see Jesus and actually receive from him. So everybody's queuing up, and everybody's pushing and shoving, and they've all heard that, you know, Jesus heals people, and so they're bringing all their sick, and everybody's pumped that Jesus is in town. He's standing kind of like in the middle of the room. In the middle of the room, he's standing. Four friends arrive and they are on the outside of the room. They look in and they've got their paralyzed friend. He can't walk. And they, they come and they look in and they're like, wow, there is a crowd in there. And people are queuing up and they've been waiting all day. And they, the guys on the outside say, how are we gonna get to Jesus? How are we gonna do it? We can't get through. People in there are crazy, you know? Crazy. People, people, are, people have been waiting all day. So they decide to climb the roof. So just think about this for a second. How? Okay. How did they get a paralyzed man onto the roof? Like, did they have a pulley system nearby? Did they just happen to have an elevator? I don't know. But they found a way to get their pal on the roof. And then the Bible says that they dug through the roof. How? With their teeth? Like, like, did they happen to have a shovel, spade, a jackhammer nearby? What did they do? They dug through the roof. And then they looked down. Like, can you imagine? Everyone look up. Just look up. Just look up. Look up at the roof. Just imagine there's four jokers up on the roof, and they're going to lower their friend from the roof into the middle of the room. So imagine the crowd. The crowd are looking up and like, hey, you can't push in. What are these guys doing? If I knew that you could come from the roof, I would have. But I've been waiting all day. I want my healing. And so people are, people are upset. There's a stir. The crowd's going crazy. Hey, what the? Hang on a second. But these boys, these four boys and their paralyzed friend, they don't care. And they, they, they lower him down. Okay, how? Like how? They happen to bring the pulley system with them. Did they have a hammock to low him down? I don't know. Did they just drop him down? You know, YOLO. <laughs> you know, and then they all just bombed in. Woo! Like the Bible is crazy, people. The, the story of the gospel is insane. If you find the Bible boring, I'm sorry, you're boring. Okay, the Bible, the Bible is unbelievable. These guys bomb down. They drop into the middle of the room. They push in standing there with their friend who's seated 
on his mat. And Jesus, it tells us that he saw their faith. In a room full of need, Jesus saw their faith. In a room full of need, a room full of uh, people who are urgent, people who are sincere, what did he see? Faith. And what moved him to act? Faith. I came here tonight to let you know that faith is what God responds to. God is not moved by urgency. God is not moved by entitlement. Well, God, I deserve it. I've been coming for years. I deserve it. I was here first. I was in the line first. I, de- I, it, I deserve it. Entitlement does not move God. Sincerity does not move God. Please, God. Oh, please. Please. Pretty please. Come on. Sincerity does not move God. Need is not what moved God. He's aware of it and he cares but he responds, he transacts with faith. Blackmail does not move God. Well, if you don't, God, I won't. And he says, good on your chance. You know, faith is how we transact with heaven. Faith is how the kingdom is built. Faith is how mountains move. Faith is how healing happens. I think of my pastor, my senior pastor, Pastor Phil, Pastor Chris Pringle, to, to, Get the building we have in Oxford Falls, it took eight years. Eight years. Year one, they, they came and requested to build. No. Year two, they came back, requested to build. No. Year three, no. Year four, no. Year five, no. Year six, no. Year seven, no. Year eight, finally, breakthrough. Their faith, it took a while, but it was their faith that kept showing up. And I want you to know that your faith matters. Your faith transacts with heaven. Do not doubt your faith. Do not come to church without your faith. Bring your faith. We need your faith. If you're here for the first time, you're like, what's faith? I'll tell you. But faith, if you, if you have faith, bring it. It is not just about the person on the platform. It's about the people in the, in the pews. It's about us and our faith. What could happen if every one of us brought our faith? Not just our urgency, not just our entitlement, not just our sincerity, not our need, not our blackmail, but our faith. And so these boys, they turn up and they have faith, crazy faith. Faith that got them to climb up on the top of the roof. Faith that got them to dig through it and lower their friend down. Crazy faith. I do believe faith is spelt (laughs) R-I-S-K, risk. You can have comfort or growth, but you can't have both. You can live in in a realm where God is growing you, challenging you, doing new things in your life, or you can remain comfortable, but growth will cost you your comfort. God cares about you, but He cares so much about you that He has a calling and a purpose and a promise for your life. And because He cares so much about you and He cares about your calling, He will ask you to forego your comfort so you can pick up your calling. And I'm believing for a church across this nation. I'm believing for youth ministries, young adults who are picking up the call 
letting go of their comfort, saying goodbye so I can take a hold of the calling of God. And these four boys, they get up. And the thing about faith, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that He exists and that He is a reward of those who earnestly seek Him. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, now faith is confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is how we transact with heaven. Mark 6 verse 5 says, He could, this is Jesus, could not do any miracles there except lay His hands on a few sick people and heal them. In another story, Jesus comes to His hometown and He begins to speak to His hometown. And as He speaks, people are like, wow, this guy is amazing. This guy has authority. And as He speaks, people are amazed. But then somebody up the back goes, ah, I know this guy. It's just Jesus. It's just that snotty-nosed kid that used to run around in town. I know him. He's no one special. It's just Jesus. And right there, heaven is handcuffed. Jesus could do no miracles. Doesn't say he would not. Says he could not. Because faith is what moved heaven. And these boys, they had faith. Faith is something you build. It's like a muscle. You've got to build it. You've got to switch it on. And so the more you read the Word, the more it grows. What you focus on, you become more aware of. Uh, the other day, I, I bought some shoes. Anyone like shoes? And all the ladies said, you know, hey. And I, I, love, I love shoes. I bought shoes the other day, which is good um, for me. And I bought some new shoes. I went into the store. I looked in the store. And I looked at these brand new shoes. And I thought, wow, these shoes are for me. Like they are unique. Nobody else has these shoes. I'm going to buy these shoes. So I bought the shoes. I walked out with the shoes. And everybody had that pair of shoes. I, everywhere I looked, there were my unique shoes. Was it that everybody heard? Oh, my gosh, have you heard Alex Lee's buying those shoes? Let's go get them. No. I just suddenly saw them everywhere because I'd become aware of them. When you become aware of God, when you spend time in His Word, when you let your faith feed and grow, you become aware and you see opportunity everywhere. Your faith grows. What you focus on, you become more aware of. I, I do this every morning. I, I listen to scriptures about who I am in Christ. 48 scriptures. And the funny thing is, it's me reading them to me. I recorded in my iPhone, not my Samsung or anything else, but my iPhone. And I, I recorded it, and it's me reading scriptures about who God says I am about me. And I listen to it every morning, like a complete crazy guy, you know? I look in the mirror <laughs> with the crazy eyes, and I listen to what Jesus says about me. And this is some of them. I am complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. I am alive with Christ. I am free from the law of sin and death. I am far from oppression and, oppression and fear does not come near me. I am born of God and the evil one does not touch me. 
I am holy and without blame before Him in love. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I have the greater one living in me. Greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world. I have received the gift of righteousness and reign as a king in life. I have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. I have received the power of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, to cast out demons, to speak with new tongues. I have power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm me. When you listen to the word of God, you become aware of it in your life. So we need to build our faith. We need to grow our faith. It takes intentionality. What you act on, you strengthen. So you've got to actually continually be acting on faith for it to grow. And as you do, you watch what God does. Uh, beginning this year, I was challenged by God to begin to believe Him for miracles in people's lives. And so I, I stepped out at a uh, Youth Alive um, conference and I said, there's somebody here and you have scoliosis, like I did similarly at the start tonight. And I said, if you have scoliosis, God wants to heal you. And um, just like crickets, nobody responded. I was like, woo, never doing that again, God, you know. End of the service, kid comes up to me and he says, hey, I've had scoliosis my whole life. My back has been visibly bent. I've had back problems my whole life as a, as a child. And I just went and looked at my back with my brother and my, my spine is completely straight. From, from that time on, I've seen God do miracles in people's lives week after week. Why? Because what you act on, you strengthen. What's that thing you need to act on? What is it? As you act on it, it becomes strong. But if you don't act on it, it won't get strong. So you've got to act on it. Faith needs action. And as you act on it, it grows. So, so Jesus saw their faith. And then um, this is a tiny mat, but it will do. So we have uh, the man's mat. And uh, if his mat was this small, you know, let's, let's get him a new one. Okay, but, but he has the mat. And he's, he's sitting on his mat. He's been seated on his mat his whole life. In fact, his mat has become a part of who he is. He would be recognized by his mat. People would walk by and know him by his mat. He's a beggar. And he would be dropped off every day at the same place to beg. And these four guys, they bring him, they lower him down, like I said, and he comes to Jesus' feet. And Jesus first forgives his sins, which we'll get to. And then he says, get up, take your mat, and go. Take your mat. When I read this, I could not believe that Jesus would want this guy to take his mat. Like if I was this guy, I'd want to throw that mat in the bin. I'd want to burn that sucker. I don't want to see that mat ever again. I've lived my whole life with this mat. I don't want to know about this mat. I want to be free from this mat. Jesus heals him, but then he says, take your mat. This mat is the thing that represents what has had him stuck his whole life. It has had him stuck. And maybe you came here tonight and there's some things that have had you stuck. 
Maybe you are seated in areas where you feel stuck. And in your soul, in your heart, you're seated. You've given up. You feel stuck. But Jesus says to this guy, take your mat. Why? Because the very thing that has had you stuck is the very thing God wants to use as your story. It is your testimony. It is your testimony that God wants you to take with you. And sometimes we come into church acting like we've never been crippled ourselves, acting like we've never been dysfunctional. Listen to me. We are all dysfunctional. If you're here, you're dysfunctional. And if you're here and you think that you're not dysfunctional, (laughs) that's the sign that you are. We are all dysfunctional people. We don't come to church because we're perfect. We don't come to church because we're suddenly no longer dysfunctional. We come to church because of Jesus Christ. We come to church because He set us free. We come to church because of His grace and His truth. And we come to church to help other people know Him. We're not here to fix everybody's dysfunctions, but we are here to help people connect to Jesus. And if you'll connect to Him, He will take you from being stuck to standing, holding the thing that had you stuck. Jesus wanted that man to take his story. Why? Because it says in full view, everybody saw his mat. I wonder who would have seen that man carrying the mat that they are currently sitting on. I wonder who in your world, in your workplace, around your life, if they could see what God had done, they too might be sitting on the very thing that you're now carrying. And they need to see hope in your story. They need to see that they too could stand and carry the thing they've been stuck in. God doesn't want you stuck, but He wants you to use what you've been through as your story. Don't hide it. You know, don't come into church like this, you know. Honey, grab the kids, slide in the back there. Yep, okay, all right, hide, nothing to see here. No, oh, nothing to see. Acting like we're all good, acting like we're perfect Christians. Hey, come on, let's, let's lay down our masks. Let's say, hey, I've been through, you're going through that, I've been through that too. You're struggling with that, I struggled with that once too. And look what God did. Look what God did now. Look what can happen for you. If God can do it for me, He can do it for you. We should never keep the story of what God has done in our lives for ourselves. God wants us to take it with us everywhere we go. And it is amazing because what happens from this man's life, people see the testimony and they come to Jesus. It's amazing that really what happened here was the faith of a few friends. And I I, I just want to land here. I'm actually get the band to join me. Thanks, guys, if you can jump up here. This man, he wouldn't have been in that situation if it wasn't for his friends. And this is why you need to be in a connect group. This is why you need connections. 
This is why church isn't just about attendance. It's about connection. And it's about getting planted in connection. Because these four boys, it wasn't one guy. Like sometimes we think the world is on our shoulders. And I've got to save everybody. And I've got to do everything. No. It's a group of us. It's a, it's a connection. It's a, a connector. It's a small group of us that can believe for one. What could happen in Ipswich if we together believe for one? Who's the one you're believing for? Who's the one you're praying for? Who's the one you're thinking about? Who's the one you're strategizing for? Inviting. There's a young guy in our church and he, uh, as, a, as a teenager, he just did not want to know about God, did not want to know about church, didn't want to bath. For three months, three friends prayed for him for every day that he would find Jesus. And they prayed and they invited and he said no. And they prayed and they invited and he said no. And they prayed and they invited and he said no. For three months, for three months he said no. Finally, he gives in. Like, hey, just stop inviting me. I will come. He comes to summer camp, like youth camp. I thought I'd get more of a shout from the youth crew because camp is this week. He comes to camp, has a radical encounter with Jesus Christ, gets saved, set free. He's now one of our amazing pastors in our church. He's an incredible preacher, an amazing leader. But he never would have got there if it wasn't for those three friends. And they, they, the thing about these four friends is that they did not stop at anything. What do we say is our barrier of inconvenience? I, I am convicted by this myself. At what point do I say, ah, it's a bit hard. I'd love to but it's a bit difficult. That'll cost me too much. It might mean picking people up. It might mean driving around the place. It might mean, you know, changing your schedule to help somebody. But what does that look like for us? Because these boys stopped at nothing. They climbed the roof. They dug through it to get their friend to Jesus. And I know if we have that kind of conviction and if we do that together, in our connect groups, even this week, who can you pray for and believe for together? I know that we can see God move in people's lives. Jesus, uh, he says to this, to this man before he heals his uh, leg, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. And I, I think that's kind of strange because... If I was there, if I was the friends, I'd be like, hey, Jesus, heal his legs. Don't worry about that stuff, forgiving his sins. Don't worry about that. Look after that later. Let's, let's deal with the problem. Help him out. Jesus says, first, son, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because Jesus 
His first priority is our heart, is the state of our soul. And it would be a crime to have healed his legs, but to have never dealt with the real issue of his heart. To have never dealt with the real thing going on in his soul, the forgiveness of sins. And this is what Jesus wants to do in your life tonight. He can look after the issue, the problem, the circumstance. But greater than that, He wants to do a deeper work in your soul. He wants to do a deeper work in your heart. He wants to change you from the inside out. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 